0: This is 2021. This is the Betfred Red Super League. Be ready. Hello again. It's Eddie and Stevo, the podcast sponsored by Betfred. You're welcome along, and it's been another busy week. Starting with Her Majesty the Queen's Birthday Honours list, which has recognised five rugby league people, and we're better placed to begin this week by joining Mike Stevenson, MBE, who is waiting for us in Australia. A proud moment this for the five, Stevo. I know you were really thrilled to get that award in 2017. <coughs> Certainly was, Eddie, and I must say that it's good to see that so
1: many from the Game of Rugby League have been honoured by a Queen's Award.
0: Congratulations to all of them. Indeed so. Kevin Sinfield becomes an OBE. We will continue the uh, the campaign, though, Steve-O, to make it Sir Kev in the years to come.
1: <laughs> Let's hope so. He fully deserves it, not only because of the charity work that he's done, but his involvement in administration He's doing a great job at Leeds and, let's face it, one of the all-time great
0: players. Very much so. The former Rugby Football League chief executive, uh, Nigel Wood, becomes an OBE as well. The general manager of the Benevolent Fund, Steve Ball, is is an MBE as is uh, Martin Blondell, uh, the general manager of the Steve Prescott Foundation, and Rimia Akhtar, um, non-executive director of the Rugby League. She gets the OBE for services to diversity and equality in sports. So congratulations to all of them. I tell you what, Steve Ball, I bet David Howes is green with envy, Steve-O. <laughs> Listen, David Howes has done
1: a great job for Rugby League in the past And yes, it's a shame that he wouldn't recognised. But I must say, Stephen Ball is a very close friend of mine. I have known him for years. We've done quite a lot of work together in the development uh, fund, et cetera, and so forth. What this man has done to help people that have been injured on the field of play is second to none. I'm not taking anything away from Kevin Sinfield uh, or Nigel Wood, but... For me, Stephen Ball is one of the hardest jobs in the history of rugby league. Here is a man that has to go and tell the parents that his son has been injured and will be incapacitated for quite some time, maybe in a wheelchair. It is the worst job that I could ever think of. But this man, Stephen Ball, absolutely marvellous that he's been honoured
0: with an MBE. Indeed so. Congratulations to him. And indeed, as we say, to to all five of them. Right, let's let's have a look at the George the George Williams situation, Steve. Oh, it crops up week after week after week. And after 32 appearances since his debut last year, where's he going? Wigan, I suspect? Well, you would think so. They've made it quite clear that they want to bring him back into the fold.
1: But as I sort of mentioned last week, Eddie, it's not easy to leave
0: Australia and catch a plane back to the UK. A lot of people over here say he's on his way already and he'll be he'll be here this week. That's not the case then. Now, if Canberra has pulled a few strings, I don't know. I'm not
1: privy to that sort of information. But I can assure you, Eddie, I, I am desperate to get back because I've been invited uh, to go see the World Cup this year.
0: And let me tell everybody that if steve is struggling with all his contacts... In the (laughs) echelons of Australia, uh, George Williams must be battling as well.
1: Well, you mentioned that I was awarded the MBE, Eddie. Maybe if I sort of get onto the phone to the Queen, Maybe
0: she might be able to pull a few strings. <laughs> you never know. Or Boris. <laughs> Boris, he's got a few other things on his mind at the moment, but Boris Johnson might help you out. Who knows? Talking of which, four new faces in the England 35-man squad for the World Cup. Joe Westerman and Reese Lynn of Wakefield. Gareth Widdup, who performed a Man of the Match show against Wakefield last week. Uh, and also Tom Davis of the Catalan Dragons. They're all in the squad for this uh, combined All-Stars match on June the 25th at Warrington.
1: Yeah, and I think he's made it quite clear, hasn't he, the English coach, Sean Wayne? He said, listen, anyone that plays out of their skin will get the opportunity to play for England in the World Cup. He's made it quite clear, and it should be that way. There's no point in looking back and saying, oh, he's been a great one. He has been a great one. What we need is great ones at the top of their fitness levels when they play and it comes round to the World Cup. We don't have to pick on names. And let's face it, sometimes we have done that. We've fallen prey and we've fallen into that category where, oh, yes, but it's an all-time great. Look, there comes a time when you might be not playing well, you might be off colour, you might this, that and the other. We need a full squad Fully fit, not carrying injuries, 100% fit, because it's the only way
0: we're going to have a chance to lift that World Cup again. Well, that's true. And of course, a congested, highly congested fi- fixture list. Is coming up. We we lost a couple of fixtures this last weekend to the uh, the pandemic, Stevo. Things could get worse in the weeks and months ahead. Please God, that will not happen. But there's a great danger, isn't there, that the England players might go into this World Cup absolutely shattered. Yes, it it
1: could come to a situation where later in the season there may be more games cancelled. We don't know. It's unknown what's going to happen in the future. I'm like you. I do hope that the, the World Cup gets underway with no problems and with fans at the ground. But the scare again. I, I try to tell people, please, go get a vaccination. I'm not a medical man, but I think that the numbers tell me that the more people who get the vaccination, the first, Jab and the second jab The better chance we have Of beating this pandemic
0: It sounds so simple It sounds so simple to me Me too I'm with you there uh, 100% Get the the jabs and let's get back To some sort of normality That's what we're all desperate for Kevin Brown uh, He will retire at the end of this year He's currently injured He's hoping to make a comeback Before the end of the season And it would be a nice and fitting way uh, to go out. And um, I remember, and um, we've got some great memories of Kev, I remember you giving him a Man of the Match award on his debut for Wigan. Remember that? when You, you actually forked out for a watch for him. Uh, and uh,
1: my wallet is still suffering from that particular situation.
0: <laughs> no, on a serious
1: note, that day when he made his debut for Wigan, he wasn't given the Man of the Match. I was not selecting the man of the match those days. And I thought that the way this young kid had come out, he tackled his heart out, little kicking game, nice. he did everything that I thought that you could expect from a debutante. And believe you me, I thought, he hasn't got the man of the match. And it was a watch at that time, so I bought him one. And, you know, about four or five years ago, Eddie, I bumped into his father, and his father said, do you remember this and obviously kevin had given his father the watch but it was so nice that he came up to me his father
0: and said do you remember that Course i remember it cost me a fortune (laughs) and he's he is and he was a great player wasn't he kevin brown and and at the moment salford are are missing him terribly as they're missing krishnan inu who is uh, suspended by the club Callum Watkins is out. Joe Burgess made his debut last weekend, had a quiet one. Dan Sarginson is out. Uh, Salford, uh, they're in a little bit of trouble, aren't they, I'm afraid? I wouldn't
1: say little. I'd say big. And it's not going to be easy for them to get back into it. And it looks that Kevin Brown's injury uh, is certainly not going to be overcome within the next two or three months. Let's hope he can come back and go out the way that every other player wants to. And that's play his final match. It would be disheartening to know if that injury means that he will never,
0: ever put on a pair of boots again. Indeed so. And let's hope his final match isn't a crucial, crucial, critical match of keeping Salford in in the Super League. But things, as you say, are not looking good at the minute for, for the Red Devils. No, and
1: let's hope that he can have that final moment, Eddie, because when you look through his career, how many times has he lost at Wembley? It's an amazing amazing stat about this yeah. man. Four, just, four times, four times I in know. four different clubs. And it's, it, it's an amazing record all on its own, isn't it? Maybe he can come with us, Eddie, and we can invite him to sit and watch
0: the next Wembley final, eh? That sounds good. That sounds like a great idea. When you're back and when, and when we can all go, that would be lovely to rub shoulders with, with Kevin Brown. Uh, on the field of play, no immediate return to the scrums. Um, it's going to be reconsidered in a month, but you're, as a, as a former great hooker, you're no fan of the scrum anyway, are you?
1: No, I never have been. I think it's just a, an awful way to bring back the play of the ball and get the ball into play itself. Uh, I I think that it's been a revelation in regards to get rid of it. Let's face it. I I was a hooker where I used my legs to hook and sometimes my arm or (laughs) or my head. It didn't matter as long as you got got the possession. But there's no hookers that play this game now. They're just another dummy half. That's all they are. And when the hooker does put his head in the scrum, have a guess where he puts it. Into the loose forward position. So he picks it up. So is another dummy half. So the sooner we just c- get rid of a hooker, the better. Because they're not hookers.
0: And they're, they're not going to be seeing the scrums at least for another month and possibly uh, further on from that. You, you would back the call to scrap the scrums altogether, would you?
1: I said it many, many years ago, Eddie. Not just because of this pandemic. I think maybe 10 or 12 years ago I was interviewed and I made it quite clear that eventually the scrums will disappear and it will make our game
0: a better game to watch. And it's coming true by the looks of things. Also, something else that's going, uh, the ball steel is to be scrapped in its current form in 2022, going back to the the good old days of 2019-2020 where... The interpretation, I think, is one-on-one only. Um, The Laws Committee are hoping also that that will be taken up by the International Board as well next year. But this ball-steel nonsense looks like it's going to go. Well, it's not often I defame the
1: referees. But it's been confusing for the whistleblowers, and any help that they can get, I think they've done the right thing. Now, whether they're going to change it at international level and in, at an Australian level, New Zealand level, you think to yourself, for years and years, we've always played under different rules. They may only be minor rules, but we've never ever in the history of rugby league internationally played the same rules. You can go back years and years and
0: years and years. They always had something different in each different country. Yeah, it's about time that was ended. There's no question about that. In, in, in association football, they play the same rules in every country of, of the world where the game is played. So why shouldn't Rugby League be the same? I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. Yeah,
1: and so you should be. I mean, we've just had one of the most famous games that they have in Australia, the State of Origin. And people were worried that it wouldn't be as intense, it wouldn't be as tough. Oh, it's got to be state of origin. You know, taking someone's head off, well, that's all part of it, isn't it? No, it's not part of it. Because at least down here in Australia, they are trying their damnedest to make our game clean enough. doesn't have to be less tough. You can still make it tough, but don't hit them over the shoulders. And I'm glad that they're starting to realise that. And it was a great game. I know it was a bit one-sided last Wednesday. but A it bit? Was fanta-
0: I thought it was fantastic because it was still rough and tough. For those who might have missed it, the scoreline was New South Wales 50, Queensland 6, only the second time in history that New South Wales has scored 50 at state of origin level. Uh, Queensland better improve for the second game, hadn't they? They're in Brisbane later this month.
1: Well, they can't get any worse, can they? Not really. And and listen, they were outplayed both in attack and defence. And the coach, Brad Fittler, came up with a classic set of situations whereby the forwards, especially in defence, just pushed back the Queenslanders. And when they had the ball in attack, they got over the advantage line. And they never allowed Queensland to get anywhere near that. Queensland played most of the game in their own half. And then they came up with mistakes when they tried to pass the ball out wide, etc. and so forth. But the tactics that Fitler had was outstanding. Power in the forwards, get over the advantage line, but the key factor was the way that they kept the ball alive, kept it out wide. Normally they go wide on one side on the left, but New South Wales. We're doing what Penrith have done for the last two seasons. They are fantastic at keeping that ball from one side to the other. And what about Tom Trebić? A hat trick, but the mere fact that Fitler—he doesn't tell Tom how to play the game of rugby league. He just says, "Go out there and search. Do what you want." And it was same with Latrell Mitchell, and he did exactly the same thing. He was given the roving role, get into it, this, that and the other. They were outstanding. And Nathan Cleary. And with seven Penrith players in the New South Wales playing squad, you say to yourself, that's not a bad move, is it? They're one of the best teams that I've watched for many, many a year.
0: Outstanding. Yes, wonderful. Wonderful performance from New South Wales. A, a blowout scoreline. We only had four matches, as I say, in Super League. Uh, This week Um, Hull were good enough to bounce back From their Wembley disappointment To beat Castleford Tigers by 30 points to 12 Um, Warrington were simply too good for Wakefield Wakefield held up apparently on the motorway uh, In their travel plans And they only arrived 45 minutes before kick-off Um, The big blowout was Hulkingston Rovers Beating Salford by 40 points to 4 Now a lot is being made About um, Hulkingston Rovers and the way that they are playing at the moment. Um, they are playing really well, but there are some big tests to come. Wigan, Saints twice, the whole derby, Catalan twice, Salford away in the next seven. We'll see just how good the Rovers are, won't we?
1: You sure will. You could not wish for a worse lineup in your fixtures because it will really test them. But full credit. To the Rovers, they're playing some outstanding rugby league football. They are taking a bit of a leaf out of the Australian style. Maybe he's been watching Brad Fittler, I don't know. Maybe he's been watching Penrith Panthers. And why should they not be looking at the style that they play? Keep the ball going out wide from one side to the other. It confuses the opposition. And once you get a roll on, it's difficult to get back into the game. But the proof in the pudding are those teams that you've just mentioned. It won't be easy, but don't be surprised if they come up with not just one win, but two out of the next fixtures.
0: Well, they've also got Ryan Hall, who is the leading scorer in the Betfred Super League, Steve-O, leading tri-scorer, he's top of the charts, and Jordan Abdul, who is racing up the Man of Steel voting. So, you know, they're catching the eye, they're catching the eye all round.
1: They certainly are, and isn't it amazing?
0: <laughs> you know, Hall, when he
1: came to play in Australia, could not score a try. He, he he never scored a try for the Roosters. In all the time that he played down here in Australia, he went straight back and is just back into these, the old swinging game. He's got strength, he's got power, and he's got speed. And I, I'm glad for him because... A lot of people criticized him down under. They said, hang on, this this is a super international for England, etc. and so forth. And it just maybe shows you that the centres play a different style than what we have in the UK. Because wingers like to score tries and you Most of the time it's the centers that are creating their opportunities. He didn't get that in Australia. That's only my view. But I think it's been proved that give him a good center, he'll score the try. And hasn't he scored some crackers? Yeah. Remember when, remember when Leeds came back at, at Huddersfield, it looked as though it was all over
0: to top of the table. Remember that? What about (laughs) that try that he scored? I know. How can we ever, how can we ever forget that? How can we ever forget that? It was a wonderful moment. I think we ought to mention in dispatches, by the way, the Catalan Dragons. They are sitting pretty at the top of the table, but they struggled against bottom of the table Lee. They only won by six points, 36 to 30. Um, so well done, Catalan. But poor old Lee. You know, they have been close on a few occasions this year, first game against Wigan, they should have won, to be fair. Yep. And a narrow defeat to the Catalan Dragons. I just wonder, Steve-O, if they can get out of the bother they're in. I just wonder.
1: Well, the new coach is a lot on his shoulders. Uh, But sometimes, you know, when you sack a coach and the assistant comes in, takes over, the players sometimes look in the mirror and say, Maybe it was our fault. Maybe we're not playing as well as we should. Maybe we're not giving as much at training. Maybe we're not being resourceful on the field of play. Make sure that we don't miss tackles. And by all accounts, uh, Lee should have beaten Catalan. And Mm. that would have been, that would have been the surprise of the weekend.
0: It would have been, and it would have set them up nicely. Because, as we say, Salford are going through the horrors, uh, and it, it well, it's still not over. It's still not over for Lee. You know, there's only there's only two points in it to be fair. There's only one win for Salford all year. Lee ten from ten games played and no win. So you know, as I say, they they are getting they are getting closer. Um, it's been a really busy week up here. What's what's been happening down under? Well, you you talk about
1: a team that's only had one win uh, throughout the season and that was the case today when Canterbury took on hot favourite St. George Illawarra and they lost 28-6. St. George were red hot favourites to win this against the Canterbury side that had just not been playing well at all. But boy, they clicked today. Now, A lot of people are pointing the finger at the fact that St. George Illawarra, this week, before the build-up to the game, two players, Corey Norman and Matt Duffy, have been told by the club they no longer will be having an extension to their contract. In other words, you can start looking to go elsewhere. Now, I don't know why clubs do this, And I don't know why that you should bring in rules and regulations to more or less say and tell two players halfway through the season, oh, by the way, we don't want you. Does that lead yourself to saying, well, there can't be much enthusiasm by the rest of them. I mean, we know it's all about money and get as much as you can. But how about, you know, lifting, lifting the team itself? when? The club officials turn around and say, well, two of our players who both played today are not
0: wanted. See you later. Not there it's next amazing. year. It is. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and it's, it's tough for them and it's tough for the rest of their teammates as well. Um, to finish, I just want to talk about the, uh, the wonderful uh, Mossy Masoi, Steve. I know this guy is very close to your heart. He yep. has inspired the design of the All-Stars playing kit. That will be seen against England on the 25th of June. It's been pictured and sent round the world, modelled by the All Stars skipper Jackson Hastings. Uh, wasn't he an England international once upon a time? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I don't it, it, think you. I don't think you'll play again for England. <laughs> Not under the current coach. You're right. Um, but it's a fantastic jersey, and uh, you know it, it's got Mossy. If you pardon the pun, it's got Mossy's name written all over it.
1: Yeah, I've seen the photos of it and I think it's a, a, a wonderful idea and keeping this, this young fella involved in the game, uh, it has to happen all the way through. Now, there's also, uh, you can confirm this, Eddie, but isn't there a ball that's going to be starting yeah. in St. Ellen's
0: and it's going around the world? Is that correct? It is. It is. A, 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 a. It's time, they say, to uh, walk and talk for Mossy. And the, the ball is making its way around the globe for the Mossy and Mussoi Foundation. Starts in Saints on Thursday. I'm going to be there at Wigan on Friday and join the walk with the glitterati of rugby league. That is Terence O'Connor and Barry McDermott. I'm going to walk, steve I I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to walk from Wigan to Lee with those two. Uh, best of luck, Eddie. Um,
1: <laughs> I sorry, hope you've got uh, strong uh, uh, shoulders. Uh, they can pick sorry, me Eddie. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a
0: bit confused. Uh, who, who are the two, two blokes you're walking with? <laughs> the glitterati of Sky Sports, Baz and Tez. I will be there. Oh, I re- yes. Yes,
1: I remember those days.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I think I think it's a wonderful gesture. I don't know who came up with the idea, but to to have a rugby league ball that will be traveling all the way around the world. Uh, is a great idea. And also with the jumper, uh, I plead on all the fans that go to that particular game, buy the jumper, turn up, Mm. wear it to that particular day when that game is on. What better way is it to encourage people? And I'm getting back to the fact that Stephen Ball has been awarded an an MBE, Eddie, because he was the first person to go and see Mossy Masoy when he had that bad injury. Here is a man that had to go and face the family and Mossy and and try to encourage people that, you know, you won't be left out of the, uh, the league, in rugby league. You won't be left out. You won't be just discarded to one side. This is why it's so important for me, a
0: friend of Stephen Ball,
1: that he got that Queen's Award.
0: Absolutely And the ball the, the, the English ball I know there is a, a ball That's going to be going around The NRL as well Later in the year but, but this English ball Will arrive at Hull For the Derby On July the 1st And I believe that Mossy is going to be carting it into the stadium That will be A really Really emotional night For him And providing I survive uh, And providing Barry and Terry Get me across the finish line On Friday morning um, I'll see you next week you sure will and can i inquire as to how far your walk will be from wigan to lee now i've not looked it up on the map and i don't know how far it is but i think it's about six miles in it i think five or six miles well if you if you start
1: on the border and then (laughs) finish on the other border it's about
0: 100 yards. <laughs> no, it's from, it's from the Wigan ground to the Lee ground. That's, that's the route. And I'll have the oxygen ready. I've got the walking boots all clean. And I shall be there on Friday. And I'll be back with you next week. Good to talk, Steve-o. Take it easy. Take care.